Welcome to the Simply His Coffee Shop. In today's world, our children are under such attack from every direction. With kids going back to school, we as parents need to be vigilant about their safety. What are some of the dangers out there for our kids? Are there things we can do to help keep them safe? This is a question I ask myself all the time. Am I doing enough? Am I keeping my kids safe enough? Because they are bombarded on the daily cartoons, huge ones that you don't even know. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a cartoon. It's probably fine. No. Have you sat down and watched it recently with your kids? And these are like little tiny kids shows that my Thomas, who's six, is watching and Rebecca is nine and she's watching. They are getting bombarded at school by what other kids are saying um, if they have a phone. These things are evil for little kids because it opens so many portals. So that's just part of what we're going to be talking about because there are so many different ways that this conversation can go today. So let's just start with going back to school and some of the things that um, kids are going to be dealing with. Well, for me, um, you know, recently I was in my hairdresser's chair mm-hmm. and we were talking about going back to school and safety and, and they're in a larger district, obviously, yeah. than, you know, mm-hmm. we're in down here. But they're having to make decisions on backpacks and a backpack being like a flak jacket in case of a mass shooting. Oh, So you have protection in, you have a bulletproof vest basically in your, that the backpack is constructed of that way, whether it's on your back or in front of you, you can use it as a shield trying to, yeah, provide protection for your child in your absence because you're surrendered them to the school. And I thought I'd never had to worry about that with my kids. That's a new one on me. I can't imagine because I'm a helicopter anyway. (laughs) Of a parent. So, I, I mean, my daughter's in her 30s, and if we go grocery shopping together, I don't let her leave the cart. <laughs> Even though she goes grocery shopping by, by herself all the time. But I'm just that parent because I'm suspicious of everyone. I have the yeah. gift of suspicion. No, I yeah. know. You know? Seriously. I, I hadn't even thought of that part of it. Uh-uh. Me neither. For the school shooting thing. That's insane. Yeah. But that's another big one, too. Know what you're your school's safety programs are oh, because sure. there's so many things. I mean, they have protocols. And Joe and I, when the kids were going to public school, had asked them about what some of their protocols were. So it's okay for you to ask. It's okay to be a Absolutely. helicopter parent. Yeah. It's okay to do those things because that just means you're protecting your child that much more. Yeah. Can you define a helicopter parent? I've never heard that You've before. You've never heard that before? Just they hover. Like a helicopter okay. hovers, and they, you know, watch all the things. We are a little bit more of a helicopter parent thing where we're very involved with our children, right. and we know who their friends are. Right. We know where they're going on the daily. They are never hardly alone with anybody that yeah. we don't know. It's kind of like that meme where there's Ken Jong. He's holding that paper, and he's, like, looking, and it's, like, this big of a little piece of paper, and it's, like, the list of the people my kids can stay with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, like, this big, and he's, like, squinting to even read it. Actually, on yep. that note, too, I had um, just read on Facebook that it was, like, a reel or something like that, and he was saying that they never let their daughter go and do sleepovers ever exactly. like ever did was she allowed yep. to go yep. do a sleepover he says until you're 18 
you're not allowed to have a sleepover. So what did she want to do for her 18th birthday? She went to a friend's house and had a sleepover. And so at the sleepover, they were talking about, you know, sleepovers and stuff. And she's like, well, this is my first one. I've never, ever been to a sleepover before at somebody else's house. They've always just been at my house because my parents have never let yeah. me go. And But they were always communicating to her about this is why we don't want to put you in danger because we don't know. We have a joke in our house about touchy Tim being at, yeah. you know, somebody else's house. Yeah. You don't know who's going to be there. You might love the other parents and stuff, but you don't know if there's a cousin visiting, an uncle visiting, a grandpa visiting. You never know. have to clarify, too. Touchy Tim is the generic (laughs) horn family (laughs) moniker. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody we don't know, you know, we're telling you, you just never know where Touchy Tim's going to be. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a lighthearted way of framing that one person who may or may not be there. That's not a specific individual. No, absolutely not. No, it's not not. a specific. We don't don't actually, yeah, it's a John Doe Doe term. We don't actually know uh, Touchy Tim. (laughs) So I apologize if your name is Tim and you're watching this show. How many of you guys have seen the TV show Intervention? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, for those unfamiliar, it's a show where these families are recognizing that someone in their family, they've lost them to drugs or, mm-hmm. or addiction or prostitution or right. a cocktail of all of the above. Right. They're fearful that this person will eventually die. Or, right. Overdose. Uh, many of them now living on the streets, away from family. So they'll bring in a professional interventionist who will coach the family on how to come together as a unit and to give this person that is that is suffering all the addiction uh, the greatest chance to find something that is still in that person yeah. that they believe is worth salvaging, not the family, but the person themselves who has right. given up on themselves, find something in that human being for them yeah. worth salvaging and fighting to, to restore, whether yeah. it's a connection to a loved one that they miss or whether it's... Um, and I know that some of you here have had family go through addiction. And the reason I bring this up is because at some point, if you took 10 episodes of that show, yep. mm, yeah. nine and a half of yes. them, at some point when they're doing the biographical journey, you know, little, oh, yes. little Sarah was yep. growing up as a young, she was filled with life. She was on the volleyball team. At some point, yep. there it is. Mm-hmm. And then they'll reveal the moment that this person's life Changed. Was cataclysmically changed, yeah. and it's almost always, almost, yeah, almost always some moment where they were sexually abused, and the family themselves didn't even know it was happening. Right. Yeah. Almost, yep. and then of course we work at Whispering Ponies Ranch, so we actually see the realities and the side right. effects of what happens, which yeah. is the charitable ranch that Skywatch Television underwrites, um, where kids of all kinds of abuse and come clear- for rehabilitation arrest but that's that's what i'm getting at so when she's talking about you know no sleepovers we've almost nixed yeah all even families we love because then there's that right there's that uncomfortable well if your child gets to come to our house yeah right why won't you let your child come to ours Ours, yeah Yeah. so to to avoid the whole thing right nobody gets to stay over with touchy tim To clarify for those who are maybe new to our ministry and have never heard of this ranch that you're referring to, the reason that we know and can see firsthand what that kind of abuse looks like is because we do work with wards of the state and foster children. Mm -hmm. That's why we have access into seeing the hurt side of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but almost, almost all of these children, eventually, we've had family members that are not with Mm -hmm. us anymore. Mm -hmm. 
who who would go through decades of alcoholism or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there it is. It's eventually, eventually, eventually it is discovered that as a young child, Uncle So-and-so did horrific things to little boy. And this is why now in his 40s, he's a raging alcoholic. If you yeah. never got the help. Right. Yeah. PTSD beyond description. Sleepovers are a hard pass. Yeah. yeah. Seriously hard pass. I listen to Beckett Cook almost every day. And Beckett Cook is a conservative uh, Christian spokesperson now, very active on uh, YouTube and, and other places like that. But he did live as he had a very, very long 20 year uh, living in Los Angeles and New York type era of confusing lifestyle and he talks about that very openly and again it's not because anything happened in his family but he went to go stay overnight at a friend's house Mm -hmm. and that friend had a a, a touchy tim in in the home for one night for one night only yeah Yeah. so you hear it all the time all the time and he even acknowledges before that happened i was fine yeah and then all of a sudden, it w- awakened a lot of confusion within me, and right. that led to 20 <laughs> years of yeah. living a very confused Well, life, going so. back to my original story that I was sharing about this dad that, that had told his daughter no, and this is why, well, she went to that sleepover, and everything was fine, but she ended up calling him later that evening, and because of this conversation that had happened with her friends, and she's like, this is my first one. I've never done this before. So she calls him, and he's like all nervous. Why are you calling me? What's happening? Is everything okay? She's like, yeah, I just wanted to tell you, thank you for not letting me have sleepovers, because in the course of talking to my friends, they had encountered Touchy Tim's at other people's sleepovers. So she was like, Thank you for protecting me because now I don't have to deal with that. And these girls have to deal with this now, but I never had to experience that. So that was the other part of the story. And he's like, well, yes, I did something right by not letting my daughter go to these sleepovers. And then she finally understood because when her friends were like, you're 18 and you've never had a sleepover before, they were in awe of that. And then when she explained why... Then they started confessing what had happened to them. So it was this whole big thing. So, I mean, you have to be so careful because that really can change the course of your life forever. And what I think about is, you know, these teenagers now have access to the whole world right here. And mom and dad go to bed and the curiosity starts at the sleepover. And then... Where does that spiral go to? Well, and actually, I was I was looking that up, and I was pulling up some statistics on that, actually. This is for teens, but it says that most kids, especially if they have one of these, which kids that are not driving don't need a smartphone, and even some of them that do drive probably still don't need a smartphone, smartphone. but that's just my opinion. Um, agreed. agreed. But... <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, mine didn't. Yeah, there's so much that goes into these, and I'll get to this, but kids don't need a phone. I want my kids to be safe, so we've we've done kind of an alternative type thing where it's basically a flip phone, so it can only call and it can only text. It 
That's right. it. There's no internet. And there's so many options out there now to, yeah, right. to help protect your right. child with things like that. So look into that. We let our daughter Kate get a smartphone when she was like 15, 16 because she was going to start driving. So that I get because of the navigation and some of the GPS stuff. Then I can track her a little bit easier as a parent. But I constantly go through her phone and she's fine with it. I'm like, well, if you have a phone, you have to be responsible. And I get to come on your phone and check whatever I want, whenever I want. So there's no locks on the phone. There's no nothing that I don't know about. So, I mean, there's rules that you can put in place as well. But just for porn, nine out of 10 boys and six out of 10 girls are exposed to porn online before the age of 18. Wow. That's not shocking. That's not shocking, but that's ridiculous. It's sad. It's terrible. And the mo- the time that they're usually exposed to it is by the time they're 11. Ooh. 11 to 12 is when they start seeing their first porn type stuff. How scary is that? They don't even know how to brush their teeth properly. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> put wear matching socks. But they've already viewed right. uh, probably more than just a, a standard mommy and daddy type of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've probably already been exposed to some of the very highly perverted types of categories of pornography right. yeah well it they've even goes already, into that they've already started to develop an understanding of sexual relations mm-hmm. that is divergent from what god has designed right yep. right and so much so that before they've ever even had their first date yep. they're already moving into their first relationship with expectations with that. that are not based yep. in reality wow. and can very much affect the rest of their psychology and romance mm-hmm. going for, forward for sure Forever. Yeah. 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 No doubt. So it says 83% of boys and 57% of girls are exposed to group sex online. Oh my gosh. And then also 15% of boys, 9% of girls have seen child pornography online. Oh, what? No. Yep. And then 71% of teens have done something to hide their online activity from their parents. Well, sure. So that is a huge one for me, too. And and actually, the, the emoji movie. So part of the movie is it's these emojis that are in this phone, right? This little boy's phone. And so this one emoji's not, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. And so they go on this adventure, but they're they're going from app to app to app to app, basically trying to find their way through to get to this other area of the phone. And when they're going by one of these apps, he's like, oh, yeah, that's the app that hides everything from from your parents that you don't want your parents to see. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh Oh, what? Yeah, if you want to, you can go find that clip, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But there's a clip that he says, oh, yeah, that's the app that hides the apps you don't want your parents to see. And kids talk. Kids communicate. That's why with kids going back to school, why we're also doing this is because it's so important for parents to know what your kids are doing. So you can go, most um, sheriff's departments or police um, have their own website or um, Facebook page even if you're on there and you want to look that up. But they will have... And they will occasionally post what like the most scary apps are for kids are. And you can go and see what they are and what they do. And actually, I had just shared on my Facebook page, too, where this dad had gone into this specific app that his child from the school had been given to 
help her with her school and her, her list of classes and all of that. And he went on there and he started playing around with it because, of course, he's being a safe parent and wanting to know what his daughter is doing. So in order to keep her safe, he started playing with this app that was recommended so she knows who's in her classes, who her teachers are, what her schedule is. And it was really, really scary because he went on there. He didn't have to verify his email address from a school. He didn't have to say what part of a school he was with. He just had access to all these schools and there was chatting apps and there was video apps. So the kids could, it was basically a social media type platform for schools, but as a predator, now I have access to where your kid yeah, is going yeah. to be, your when schedule. and where, yep. your schedule, who your teachers right. are, when you're going to be going from one Especially class to another. Yeah. It was crazy. So he actually made a huge Facebook post about it. And it obviously went viral because a lot of parents are like, whoa, wait, mm. what? But again, a lot of parents don't always even have the time. So this is not a bashing session on you as a parent if you're busy. But your children need you to be vigilant, even just going to these sites and figuring out, hey, where where can I go to find out if this is a good app or a bad app? And one of the top 10 usually is Snapchat. It has GPS in it. You can look and see who is within your boundaries or like a lot of them have the Snapchat GPS thing activated so they know exactly where you are all of the time. That's what's so important to understand. I mean, if you're going to have that device or allow that device to have a basic understanding of privacy settings, Mm -hmm. and if you don't, go to your carrier. Your carrier will help you. They will sit down with you and go through the phone. There's individuals online, one of which that I follow. He's a tech guy that talks a lot about um, phone safety, whether you're Android or Apple. Apple. He's more specifically with Android. And he shares how to turn some of these things off that Mm -hmm. you don't even know are on. They're just, you know, loaded in, defaulted, and you don't have a clue. You're, you know, setting up your contacts or whatever. The frustrating thing that you were talking about for me is this this device coming from the school to mm-hmm. the child and how, you know, a lot of parents, unfortunately, maybe are deceived by their school board or their school mm-hmm. administration that, you know, they have the best interest of your child. A lot of them are great educators. I'm not saying they're not. Right. But that's not their child. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I I associate cases on a desk with an attorney. If the attorney was in court, that case becomes real. You know what I'm saying? It's the same way with your kids in school and handing just whatever blanket over to the administration and not questioning them. You know, what does this do? How safe is it? Are you guaranteeing that my child can't be tracked, stalked, trafficked in a chat room with a sexual predator you know, well, all even the with things. the amount of bullying, and we've even right. seen in recent years how how much even child suicide has oh. gone up because of the bullying. Yep. That's another huge one that's Over like 35%. been appalling to me yeah. is that they're getting bullied so badly at school, and sometimes they're not telling their parents about it, you right. know? Another thing is, you know, talking about phones and talking mm-hmm. about all these message rooms, there's a thing now called sextortion where I'm extorting you because I have 
you've sent me some pictures oh, in a compromised spot. Oh, and I kids. watched one of this kid was very um, extremely athletic, headed to a, a, a D1 college, super smart, oh. but had exchanged pictures with somebody. And that somebody shared them with the school. And then it, they started sextortion with this kid. He wound up killing himself. Didn't go to his family. Didn't, you know. So there's so many layers to this yeah. that it's just like you feel the spiritual warfare. You feel oh my the evil descending. You know what I'm saying? And trying to attack these kids. Catherine, um, let's back up a second here because I think I may have missed something. Okay. You're telling me that the school handed mm-hmm. out these apps or encouraged kids to mm-hmm. connect with this app. And this app had all of this malicious yeah. Access well, I don't it? think it was technically malicious. It's just that that app, which is the Saturn app, Thank the you. app is called Saturn and it's like a purplish with an actual Saturn in it. Mm. But I don't think it was technically malicious. I think it's just their security levels because they hadn't done anything. And actually, I went back to reread that as I was doing preparation for this. And the dad that had written it actually put a little update on there. And he said they have now bumped up their security because of my post, because it was going so viral and everything that everybody was like freaking out about it. So then they were trying to implement more things to help keep the kids safe. Mm -hmm. So that is one good thing about that. But what if he hadn't have done that? What if this dad had not taken the time? Before you do something about it. Exactly. Why don't you do something about it whenever you're rolling out that program? And keep that in mind. So dumb. That is just an opportunity for litigation, hand over fist. That is not protection in any manner. And anybody that doesn't think about that, because that's all I think about, it's like, (laughs) I... mm. It's unfathomable. Her head is malfunctioning I can't even... (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. mm. Well, it's like when our kids were in public school years Mm -hmm. ago, and they started that social civility training program that I talk about in the upcoming Rescue Us series, but and we, we don't need to get into that whole story today, but it was the last reason, mm-hmm. the last straw yep. before we pulled them out of public school. But, you know, she jokingly, our daughter jokingly said, you know, uh, when I asked him about the, sec- the school, the security and the devices that they'd put on the computer to keep mm-hmm. it safe and ambiguous and that you couldn't hack it or use it for, yeah. you know, regular internet. Kids will not have access to the right. regular, only only the school server. Order. My kids who know next to nothing. <laughs> she said, no, Dad, it's a running joke. They're using these devices every hour for YouTube. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're clowning around. They're on, what, what are some of those little websites like where they do the little 30-second comedy shorts and stuff? And oh, yeah. I'm not hip at all, but yeah. Right. They, <laughs> funny things that kids do online. Oh, yeah. That's how easy the access was. It wasn't even a, a secret. A lockdown. Well, and when you and Catherine came home and told the family about what had happened with your girls, mm-hmm. my husband and I had a meeting with the kids that very same night at the dining room table. And I thought for sure we were only talking about future things. And I was like, if you ever hear the word internet or you go on the computer, <laughs> yeah. this is what, you know, and, and my kid, I got to say, I think my daughter was in preschool and I think my son was like in the first or second grade at the time. I was expecting them to say, or, or either, either one or both of them to, to say, okay, mom, we'll let you know if we ever see any of that or hear any of that. And my son surprised me. He's like, 
does that count like this thing where I walk around as a little guy and I talk to people? And I'm like, wait a minute, what? What? Oh. So what? what is this? So then he started telling me, well, there's this game that we play where you're a little guy and you walk around and you talk to people in the neighborhood about math and, you know, whatever. Like an online avatar. Robot. Right. And so I was thinking, okay, what is this? So I immediately, I am <laughs> in a meeting. My husband and I are in a meeting with the principal. And I'm like, what is this that he's describing to me? Well, as it turns out for that particular game, that was a close it was not an internet related thing there was no other multipliers online gotcha. or whatever it was a closed computer game where he like like the old school ones where you yeah. buy a game and then right. you play it download it <laughs> right you put know the disc in you put the disc in yeah floppy <laughs> old, old technology right. from the old world low on the cartridge <laughs> exactly. right in that particular case it was just a game that was built so that you could walk around and talk to people about math or science or whatever but as he, as we were talking about what that game was, she was also telling me the programs he was getting ready to do in the next six weeks. Oh. And they did involve pen palling with other very small, we're talking first or second grade here, yeah. pen palling with other very small children from other classes around the world. So we could see what is Peru like? What is France like? What is yeah. Germany like? You know, what is what are the other schools and the other play? What are they learning in, in, in these other countries? And I was like, how do you know they're going to be talking right. to right. on the other hand. How do you know that that's another student? And she's like, well, I and I hate this response, but it's probably the response that a lot of these app makers yeah. are making every day. You could tell this woman, because she, at the time, the principal of the school was a very conservative. Yeah. She hated it too. Right. And so her response, which the look she was giving me was, I hate that I have to tell you this, but this is our response that we've been told to give. <laughs> right. But... Her response was, we do rely a lot on the parents to be very involved in what their children are doing. I'm like, but... We just don't require them that they have any knowledge <sighs> that it's happening. Yeah, you, you, you there never, it is. You That's never the biggest issue. That my child yeah. was about to be plugged it's in. That is the biggest issue. With strange exactly. randos was from other Was her next countries? response? We rely heavily on the children to inform the parents that we expect them to be involved in no, what's but, happening. No, but it may as well have been. But there's yeah. nothing that's even been sent home saying, "Hey, this is what's going to be happening." Right. So if you would like to be involved, if you are a helicopter parent, here's what we're doing. So that's why, again, Man, the flip you of that, need though. to be involved in your children's hey. life and know what's happening as even a, at school. As a youth pastor, and this is no dig, most of the kids that were in our youth group were parented this much. Yeah. They were the parent. Oh, man. For those listening, she's doing a zero sign with her hand. Right. So, you know, right. it just opens them up to whatever because yeah. nobody's asking any question or trying to yeah. have accountability. Or well, and that was one of the big things, them. too, when we told Kate, well, this is the last straw. We're pulling you out. And I, I think we've kind of shared this before, but I'll go ahead and share it again. So when we told the girls we were pulling them out and they weren't going back to school, they asked, well, can we please just go back to say goodbye to our friends so that just one more day? We're like, sure, that's that's fair. You can go back and say goodbye to your friends. So when Kate was telling her friends, yeah, my parents are pulling me out of school because she was in eighth grade at the time. And so her friends were like, really? Why? Well, because of what happened in the civility training class and whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, we didn't tell our parents about that because we knew they would have been mad. Boom. And it's like, hello. Well, and and they, they were go. afraid. The reason that our kids uh, were hearing their friends say we're not telling our parents about this program that's going on 
is because they were afraid that their parents' reaction would be the same one that Catherine and I had, and yeah. they didn't want to get pulled out of public school because that's where all their friends. Right. Yeah. They don't want to go to some weird other private or right. homeschool or whatever. What happened? If I can do this in like two minutes, I'll try. I do the long version and rescue us. But one day our kids started coming home and they started asking us questions like, Daddy, what is a transgender? Daddy, what is the LGBT? And my first reaction as a parent is, you know, locker room scuttlebutt. Kids talk, right? So I I wasn't offended by the question. They're old enough to ask. They're old enough to, to have me carefully shape what this is. But when she told me that she had learned this word uh, on the computer software that had been given to them by the school, that was the first knowledge I had that they had even been given laptops. Hmm. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 whoa, 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 slow down. You have a laptop? Yeah, they gave them to all the students. They got a little Chromebook, whatever. And I said, whoa, 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 So, so, so tell me about this software. What are you talking about? And she says, well, when we're all sitting in the room online and we're talking to other kids and teachers from other schools, wait, wait, whoa, stop the train. Uh, (laughs) What? Right. So it was one of those. And what we learned in the subsequent days that I will try to collapse is that the school systems had provided all of the schools out here um, and in other states. Junior high and high school. All the way down to the little kids. um, School issued laptops or Chromebooks Mm -hmm. with a software that had been written by the same authors of the Benevolent Common Core or something to that Mm -hmm. effect. Uh, The people that are basically pushing the superintendents Mm -hmm. at local school uh, jurisdictions to push certain bits of academia. They had written this software that basically goes online, not the regular internet. No, no, no. You don't have to worry, uh, John Doe parent. This is a software that only interacts with other schools and only permits them to interface in this highly controlled series of Q&A. What it is, is the software will auto-generate a word. Rainbows, hippopotamus, whatever. And then the children are supposed to see the word pop up and then ask other students, what does this word mean to you? How do you feel about that word? What have you heard about this word? What do you think it means? Now, the teachers in the classrooms are the moderators. (laughs) The teachers now get to unilaterally decide for the children. Yeah. And this was a quote from the superintendent at the time, literally a quote from her, uh, that that the teachers play the role of moderator and they do shape to the best of their ability, what the child's perception of that word is. So now you have the, the, the teachers in the classrooms telling the children when they see this room, this word come up on the screen and they're talking to other schoolmates and other teachers and they're all chattering back and forth about what this word means. It's the teachers that will state, no, 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 that's uncivil. To say something like that, that's uncivilized. This is how you're supposed to feel about this word. This is how you're supposed to interact with these thoughts and these feelings. This is how you're supposed to react when you hear other students take this particular worldview against or for this word. So it's this whole, like, let's just call it what it is. It's a total propaganda, groomy groomy McBrainwash scheme that Catherine and I, as engaged as we are, had no knowledge of until our children came home. That speaks volumes. And uh, they've got a laptop. They're online in this mystery website that the school people have come up with talking about stuff. Now, to clarify, Catherine and I, we've raised kids that don't bully or hate. Right. Uh, so I'm not, I, don't, I want it on the record. The word transgender does not immediately invoke all of the standard media narratives that I'm a right-wing conservative sure. lunatic right. who hates these people inherently because I'm a Bible thumper or anything else like that. 
like our, our kids have always been raised to love people and yeah. to let the Holy Spirit deal with these people on their own right. personal sliding yep. scale of Amen. whatever sin or not sin or whatever that right. they're engaged in or not engaged in. Yep. Yep. Um, I, don't, I don't like to framework different brands of things that I don't necessarily adhere to in my own personal worldview. Right. So I don't put somebody who's a subscriber to the LGBT or transgenderism uh, over here and then I put you know, mm -hmm. someone who's struggling with a meth addiction over mm -hmm. here. And then right. the guy the that, mark is missing the mark. You know, right. someone that is a, a thief or an inherent abuser over here. Like my job is to, is to be a, a preacher of the gospel and to right. show love, yep. to draw for my home a moral boundary, yep. but to teach my kids not to assign hatred for specific brands of, right. of uh, worldviews right. that don't fall in line yep. with the biblical scripture. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what the Holy Spirit is, is for. there to do. <laughs> so right. anyway, long story short, and that was as fast as I could collapse it, because believe me, there's a longer version a that's a part of the, a lot of details. We went down and we basically confronted the superintendent. She told me to my face, to my face, Mr. Horn, the reason that we're doing this as administrators and educators is because they've right. opted out of being a parent. Right. They, they no longer teach their kids social civility, how to behave when they character. hear certain things, character, yep. how to view certain worldview. They've opted out of the process, so we're trying to basically help raise these children into people that are civilized. It was like, okay, <laughs> am I not right now standing before you as an engaged parent? Yeah, exactly. And, and long story short, because it's very complicated, but when you get into things outside the realm of reading, writing, arithmetic, language, the alphabet, math, mm -hmm. science, science, yep. science. <laughs> a bunch of our Skywatch people are rolling their eyes. <laughs> when you step outside of the realm of historical academia and you start taking on as administrators and educators morality and morality, uh -huh. yep. what it is to be socially civil. Uh-huh. Well, I started and thinking about that whenever they, they started using those they words. They usurp the role of the parent yeah. to be the ones at home to help their kids construct uh, their moral worldview. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it it's way more. I know. I know. There's probably we've raised more questions than answers <laughs> in even trying to tell that story. But that's why she says these friends of our children. We're yeah. saying, oh, no, we're not telling our parents because they'll do the same thing. I don't right. want to lose my school. My, my skater pals go here. I don't, right. you know. So it's, you, you, you would be amazed at what a lot of these institutions are doing on the daily. And if you don't ask, and I mean really ask with right. your antennas up, right. you, you may not have a clue what's going on in your own child's life. Yeah. It's scary. It is scary. scary. And that's why it's so important and we found that out because at least with Kate, she was intuitive enough to come and say, hey, dad, this is what's going on. Hey, mom, this is because we've we've cultivated that right. relationship with her, though, too, that says we don't care what it is. You're mm. never going to be in trouble. Right. Come talk to us. Ask us the questions. Right. And then I've given the You're kids. never going to be in trouble for asking. No, absolutely right. not. It's not You're... a blanket. You'll never be in trouble for anything. You just Right. No, you'll never be in trouble for asking a question because you're needing to find out this information because right. we want to have that open communication with our kids that says, hey, please come to us. We can talk about anything and everything please find a safe person to talk to like your parents. And then we have given our kids a few extra people like grandma. If, if you don't feel comfortable coming to mom to talk about it, 
go to your grandma because I know grandma is going to tell her basically the same thing that I would. And then I know she'll come and tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. But this discussion is so broad and so much more information we have for you. So please don't miss out next week when we will be continuing this discussion. See you next week in the Simply His Coffee Shop. 